Amen. While you're grabbing your Bibles, our children are going to slip out quietly. Amen. Brother Terry's there in the back to take our children next door. Amen. While you're they're doing that, if you would turn with me to Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. Begin reading at verse 12. Amen. How many of you are thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. Read down to verse 14. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. This passage of scripture has been taught about the five I wills of Satan. His arrogance and little bit of confidence that was probably a little more than it should have been. But tonight I want to talk to you from verse 14 where he said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. He finished it off and he said, I will be like the most high. Say like. Tonight for just a little while I want to talk to you on this subject. The danger of something like. The danger of something like. Can we lift our hands right now and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we love you so much. God, I thank you for your presence that has been in this place. God, I thank you for reminding us tonight, God, that there is none like you. There is nobody like our God. God, and we have come tonight to praise you, God, to worship you. Lord, and to declare that our mind is made up, our heart is fixed. God, and we praise you tonight for the work you're going to do. God, I'm forth to your people to anoint these lips of clay. God, that your word would come forth to your people. God, that it would forever change us this night. In the wonderful, precious name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. You can be seated tonight. We know tonight that that word like has many definitions, but I think we also know tonight that the word like that we are referring to is the one that is defined similar to, comparable to. There are are some things that are different, but they are alike in some aspects. So we say they are alike. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist tonight to look at our God who is awesome and omnipotent and omniscient and omnipresent and then look at Lucifer that is being spoken of here who says, I will be like the Most High. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist or a deep theologian to realize the two are not really alike at all. You know, one said that he came to steal, kill, and destroy. And the other came, said that he came that he might give life and give it more abundantly. 
He said that he came to seek and save that which was lost. He said that he came not to the ones that are well, but for the ones that were sick and the ones who were sinners. Their reason for being here and and their work that they do here on this earth are completely different. One is trying to distract and destroy and the other is trying to revive and renew and bring revival to. Amen. There's a difference there and we all know that. But this little devil had a different plan in mind and he tried to think of himself a little more highly than he ought But it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at things sometimes and realize, though they may seem alike or they may think themselves alike, they are quite different. If you don't know this, I have two twin boys by the name of Camden and Cohen. And though they may weigh the same every time we go to the doctor and the height is exactly the same and they're built completely different, but somehow the numbers always line up and... It did not matter how much they looked alike when they were born. It would not have mattered if they had been identical twins, which they're not for anybody wondering. It would not have mattered because they are both individual people. No matter how much they may act alike or make the same face or act up at the same time. At the end of the day, Camden is not Cohen and Cohen is not Camden. And say, well, he reminded me of Cohen, so I figured I would just go ahead and call him Cohen. I can't just decide to start calling Camden Cohen for the rest of his life just because he did something that was like that other one. I can't just make up in my mind one day and said, well, you're acting a lot like this one and there's some similarities. So I'm just going to go ahead and call you both Cohen or both Camden. In the same, just because something may be like God does not mean it takes a rocket scientist to see that it is not God or not of God. And we know that this was very much wishful thinking on Satan's part because we know in all actuality, he and God are not at all alike. But in our frailty of mind, in our very limited thinking, sometimes there is another way out. Sometimes we get tricked and we get convinced that there is another way and that there is a different avenue that we could go down and we get convinced that there is another option. Second Corinthians said, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ and no marvel for Satan himself. Say, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. What are you saying? I'm saying it looks like he's on the good side. It seems like things are not as bad as they really are. It seems like this Satan himself, he he, he seems to be like an angel of light. Therefore, in verse 15, he said, is no great thing if he, if his ministers, if Satan's ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Galatians chapter one, verse three said, grace be to you and peace from God, the father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins 
that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto him another gospel. He said, I, I, I'm marveling at this, that you're so quickly removed and swayed in your beliefs and your understanding. I, I just can't believe that once you've experienced this, that you could even allow yourself to be swayed this way. He said, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you. There's going to come some that are going to get in your ear and try to speak words to you and try to get you to believe this way instead of this way. And he said they would pervert the gospel of Christ. They would twist it. They would manipulate it. They would make it seem like it was the gospel of Christ. They would make it seem like it was the way you were supposed to be living. But at the end of the day, it was not right. Uh, do we ever live in a world that wants to twist the word of God to fit the way we want to live? I see pastors and preachers who it's amazing the things that convict them and the things that do not convict them based upon how they themselves want to live and the things that they want to do. That's another message for another day and perhaps another crowd. Verse 8 says, but though we... Or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you. If we say anything different than what has already been said. If we go back to this book and say, well, I know we said this then, but we're going to take that part out now and change it a little bit. He said, if an angel from heaven or if we come to you and preach another gospel then we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Well, that's great and wonderful. But he said, no, 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 you're not hearing me. So he said it again in verse 9. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man, I want you to get it in your head because it's going to happen. There's going to be people that come to you and they're going to try to sway you. And if any to think that it's not this way anymore. But I say it again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than ye have received, let him be accursed. First Timothy 44 says, uh, chapter 4, verse 4 says, Now the Spirit speaketh. Expressly that in the latter times, somebody say we're in the latter times. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. In the message, they said it like this. The spirit makes it clear that as time goes on, some are going to give up on the faith and chase after demonic Illusions. That word illusion means a thing that is or is likely to be wrongly perceived or interpreted by the senses. We know what an illusion is. We we know that it's supposed to be like something. But at the end of the day, it's really not that. It's just an illusion. It's not real. It's not truth. It is just an illusion. It is a mirage in the desert. 
a deceptive appearance or impression. What he is saying is be careful of the things that seem like they are real. Be careful when you are filling things out in your life and you say, well, it feels to me like it's this way. I, I, I feel like what God is trying to say, or I feel like we base our life a lot of times on how we feel. And that can get us in big, big trouble. There was once a village, a blind village of people who were all blind. And they were told that an elephant was in their town. And so they had never seen an elephant before. So they sent six men to go to see this elephant and to fill this elephant and, and describe it in a way they could come back and describe to this entire village of blind people what an elephant was like. And so the first man went over there as he began to rub the side of that elephant and he said, oh, this elephant, it's long and wide and tall and it reminds me of a wall. Well, the second man was sitting there and he's touching the elephant's trunk and he said, no, it's it's not like a wall. It's it's long and round and it kind of reminds me of a snake a little bit. The third man put his hand on on the tusk and he said, no, it's it's not like either of those things. It's it's kind of thick and sharp and pointy on the end. I'd say it's a lot like a sword or, or, or spear, perhaps. The fourth blind man put his hand on the leg of the elephant and he he began to rub the leg of that elephant. And he said, no, it's tall and and kind of round. And I'd say it's a lot like a tree. The fifth blind man reached out his hand and touched the ear of the elephant. And he began to rub his hand on the ear and he said, no, it's kind of flat and long. I'd say it's a lot like a, a big fan. And the sixth man was there and he was rubbing the elephant's tail and he said, no, it's not like a fan. It's not like a wall or anything like that. The the elephant is a lot like a rope. And so these men went back to their village and unfortunately, when they came back to describe what it was, there still was not a single person you had there in that village who knew What an elephant was like because you had people basing it on how things felt. How things seemed to be to me. Well, it seems like it's really this. It seems like a wall. It seems like a rope. Instead of saying, I I know what it seems like. But there had to be somebody there in the village hearing these six men describing what, what it felt like. And what, is there anybody here who knows what it is? I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what each of you think it might be. I want to know what does an elephant look like. Just feeling things out can get us into trouble because you see we come and we, we feel things out. Well, it feels like this and we, it feels like that. And, and somebody out there is saying, does anybody know what the real thing is like? Has anybody experienced the real thing? I don't want to know just part of it or what your perception is of it. I want to know what is real. I want to know what is truth. I don't want something like it. I don't want something that resembles it. I don't want you to describe how it may be to you, but it may be. I want to know, is it real and does it work? Who is it? Where can I find it? How do I get it? I want to know, is it real tonight? Amen. Has anybody experienced something real in your life? 
that you can describe it, you can say it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. It gives a shout up in my soul. It took my rags and it gave me riches. It took a dirty, rotten heart of a sinner and made it a saint. Amen. Somebody's experienced a real thing tonight. Just because things feel right does not make it right. And just because it doesn't feel bad does not make it good. It is scary to me that people who have claimed to have read this word. And they preach out of this word. And they claim that they live by it. Do not notice the warning signs that are spoken of the last days. And it it clearly tells them the things that are going to happen. It clearly tells them there's going to come a day where there's going to be people in your ear that tell you it don't matter anymore. And you know what? Before too long, they're starting to preach like they've had that ear in their, that mouth in their ear telling them the lies of the enemy. And they start saying, well, you know what? Maybe it doesn't take all of that. Did they not see the red flags coming up saying, hey, hold on. Didn't you remember what Paul said to Timothy? Don't you remember what Paul said in Galatians? Don't you remember what was being spoken? He told you that this kind of stuff was going to be happen. Thessalonians says that ye be not so soon shaken in mind or be troubled. Neither by spirit or word or even by a letter from us. Let no man deceive you by any means. Verse 5, he said, don't you remember? Don't you remember that I warned you about the last days? Hello. Don't you remember I told you it would happen so quickly? Then he gets down to the damage of it. And he said in verse 10. He will use every kind, say every kind. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction. Because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. He will use every kind of deception. He will tell you that it's the same. He will tell you that it's not different. He will tell you it's like all this other stuff. He will tell you that that apple is no different than every other apple. He will try and convince you that his way is close enough to make it. He will tell you that you don't have to be baptized in Jesus name. All you have to do is profess and believe. He will tell you that you don't have to walk the straight and narrow. That you could walk however you want and there will be some road that will lead you back there. I don't know how you feel about certain things, but in my home, there are some things that cannot be substituted. There are some things when we go to the grocery store, we know that we want to buy and we're not buying that cheap knockoff stuff. There's some things that you could probably get by with that. But one thing that is for sure is Rice Krispie Treats. It's not happening you got to have the real deal because I don't care what the box says. I don't care what the claims are. The proof is in the pudding or the Rice Krispie treat in this instant. There are some things that you cannot switch to. 
No matter how much they say it tastes like it, how much it may look like it. If you pay for something that is like something else, at the end of the day, it's still not what you wanted. Rice Krispie treats are made by snap, crackle, and pop, not snip, crinkle, and plop. They may look the same, smell the same, and claim to be made the same way, but folks, I can testify tonight, it's not the same. All the different cereal brands out there, and they... They mark the price way down. It's down for a reason because it's not the same. There's a company that I appreciate their honesty. They sell products and it's called almost as good as grandma's. I said I can appreciate their honesty right there on their label. Almost as good as grandma's because they could go around saying this is like grandma's butterscotch pie. This is like her apple pie. This is like her muffin. But they didn't. They said, it's almost as good as grandma's, but it's not quite there. I can appreciate their honesty because it may be like grandma's, but at the end of the day, church, it's not grandma's. Dr. Thunder right here. You can pick this up at Walmart or you could come get this one from me after church because I don't like it. Dr. Thunder right here. It may taste like Dr. Pepper, but at the end of the day, it is not the same thing. Dr. Thunder would not be Dr. Thunder if it had every single ingredient and mixture exactly the same as Dr. Pepper. Somewhere they had to change things up a little bit, whether it was just another logo and name or a different mixture or a different formula that they used to create This Dr. Thunder right here, but it is not Dr. Pepper. If that were the case, they wouldn't be in business today because you cannot have two Dr. Peppers. So they go and make a product that is similar and good enough for people who will pay a cheaper price for it. They, they get this, this formula and they say, hey, this tastes a lot like Dr. Pepper. Perhaps we can steal some of Dr. Pepper's people over and give them this instead of, of, of the real thing. Perhaps we can c- convince them that this is better than what they've got. Perhaps we can sway some people to change from Dr. Pepper to Dr. Thunder. And guess what? They don't even have to pay the price that Dr. Pepper people are having to pray. They don't have to live the same way and make the same kind of money and do the same kind of things. They can get this right here without paying much at all. Perhaps we can sway some people and convince them that this is where it's at. Is anybody with me tonight? But unfortunately, we have people in our world today who are content with other gods and they are content with something like church. They are being pulled in because they believe it is a cheaper option than the real thing. They are settling for something like Dr. Pepper when they are really getting a cheap knockoff. And there are people going to these mega churches and thinking, well, this this tastes good. I I guess I could go to church here. I guess I could live here in this. And, you know, I I could enjoy this at, at some point. This is like church. They have music and, and a preacher that gets up and does something and, and, and they, they take up an offering and that's, that's church. 
It may not be like the church that my mama and daddy raised me in, but it's like church. And people are adopting this and living in a half-baked life thinking because they have experienced something like this. That they have experienced the real deal. Let me just tell someone tonight, you know when you get a hold of the real deal. Some of you who were not born in this know what I'm talking about tonight. When you used to go to another church or you used to be out in the world and experience life and you you had a taste of Dr. Thunder and you said, well, this isn't so bad. I guess I could enjoy this. I, I guess I could go to church here and worship with these people and, and live this life. But but somewhere along the way, you got a hold of the real deal and you said, you know what? I, I, I feel something different here. I, I feel a, a, a different spirit in this place. This isn't like the church I used to go to. This isn't like the people I used to hang out with. I feel something here that is real. It's undeniable. I can't resist what I'm feeling in this place. I can't hold back my praise any longer. I feel a spirit that is drawing me in this place. You know when you get a hold of the real deal. You know when you walk into the presence of God. Not just a church, not just a building, but when you walk into the presence of God. When it doesn't matter what day of the week it is, when it doesn't matter where you are at, there are moments where you walk into a room and you say, God is in this place. Because you feel something different. It's not a cheap knockoff. It is the real thing. It's not just talk about Jesus. It is Jesus. Amen. The real deal is here. And it is real folks. When God starts moving in this place. And he begins drawing sinners and saints alike. And says I want you to come a little closer. I want you to feel my presence in this place. My wife and I, several years back, went to Atlanta, Georgia. And in Atlanta, Georgia, is the Coca-Cola Museum. And if you have never gone, it is a really neat place. But inside, we read some stuff that was very interesting. And I've shared 1886, not all of it. Coca-Cola began in 1886. Anybody there when it opened? Some of you are like, I'm pretty close. The Coca-Cola product was such a hit that there were many who tried to imitate it. They even had competitors who were selling something that tasted like Coke. So much so that they were losing some of their customers. They had people bottling up a product and selling it and essentially stealing not only their product but their customers. They said these others... While they tasted like Coke, were not Coke. And they didn't want to be associated with these imitators. So they got together and they said, look here. We have a distinct beverage here. We have something that is real and people are starting to enjoy this. People are starting to buy into this. People are enjoying our product And if we do not do something quick, we are going to lose our customers to a fake and a phony and an imitator. So they got together, and this is on Coca-Cola's website if you ever want to go read it for yourself. They said, we have a distinct beverage here and it needs a standard. 
It needs a standard and it needs a distinctive bottle. And so in 1916, they came out with a bottle that was so unique. They said it could be recognized in the dark. Now, church, if that don't make you just want to get up and preach. Because they had found something that was worthwhile. They had found something that was so good and so different from anything else. They said, look, we can't just be out there with everybody on this. We've got to set a standard here. We've got to be a little bit different than everybody else out there for a reason. We are different. We have to act a little bit different because we are different. We have to set a standard. And not only just set a standard, but we're going to have to look a little bit different than everybody else. We've got to have a distinctive vessel because what's inside is that important. And we need a vessel that is so important and so valuable that when people look at it, they say, hey, that, that's, that's Coke. That's the real thing right there. When people in the dark can look at it and say, oh, that's it. That's the thing that is real. Uh, there's something different about that bottle. There's something different about that vessel. When I look at it, I know that it's Coke. If that could bleed over into the church, when you walk out into a dark world, when you walk into your office or your school, that people would look at you and say, that is a distinctive vessel. That is a distinctive person. That they're not like everybody else. There's, it's not only what's inside of them, but it's the outside too. It's the whole part. It's not fake. It's not a phony. It is real deal. May when I walk into any building, people say that is not a fake. That is not a hypocrite. That is a Christian. That is how you are supposed to act. That is how you are supposed to pray. That is how you are supposed to love. God, I don't want to just appear to be holy. I want to be holy. I don't want to just profess you with my mouth and then my heart be far from you. I want to be genuine and sincere. I want to avoid the things that are not truth. I want to avoid gossip, lies, and murmuring. Lord, I may think I can't afford the real thing, but the truth is over here it may cost a little to have the real thing. This over here it may cost a little more, but it's real. It's worth the price that you'll pay. And I promise you, you won't have to pay as much as you think you do because he already paid the price. Sure, you may have to live a little bit differently and walk a little differently and dress a little differently, but it's worth it because the product is that good. What's inside is worth changing some things for. What you've experienced is worth saying, hey, let's clean this bottle up a little bit, put a new name on it. Come on, somebody. And change the way that we're walking around our city. Change the way we're walking into our job. And they go, you walk in tomorrow and they say, hold on. Hold on, Dr. Thunder. What happened here? You're now Dr. Pepper. Yeah, I got a new name. I got a hold of the real deal. I got a hold of something that is greater than what I used to be. I'm not the cheap knockoff phony anymore. I've experienced the real thing. We can stand all over this house tonight. I went into this museum liking Coke a little bit, but my preference for soda was cream soda or Dr. Pepper. Being honest with you folks tonight. But in this building, they had what they called the tasting room. Some of you may have been there. They've got one at Epcot there in Disney World. 
They had what they called the tasting room right here. The America, Latin America, China. You can go and try Coke products from all over the world. Hundreds of different flavors. But in the back left corner was an oasis where we saw a huge Coke bottle there. You can see some of the fountains that are around there you can tap into. And around this display, they had piped in straight from their manufacturing room downstairs, ice cold Coca-Cola. I mean, straight, straight from the well, ladies and gentlemen. And we went over there after trying what all the world had to offer. And when I got a hold of that real deal, that was ice cold straight from the source. And I took a drink of that Coca-Cola. When I tell you it burnt down to my toes. That good Holy Ghost burn. That just got a hold of you and made you shiver a little bit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It didn't even need ice to be poured on it because it came out ice cold. And when I tell you, when I tried all the world had to offer and then getting a taste of the real thing, it changed me. I left converted from Dr. Thunder, Dr. Pepper, cream soda, any kind of soda out there. And ever since then, it is Coca-Cola, baby. Something happened in me that day that changed me. And since then, I have absolutely loved Coca-Cola. It just does something to you. Because when you get a hold of it from the source, it's unlike anything you've ever had before. It's not an imitation. It's not something like it. It's not what the world is offering, but it is real. The Bible speaks of a woman in John chapter 4. From Samaria who went to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her. Give me to drink. Verse 9. Me. Which am a woman to him. How is it that thou being a Jew. Askest drink of me. Which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her. If thou knewest the gift of God. And who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. You don't have a cup. You don't have a bucket. You don't have anything here. And this well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. You can go try all that the world has to offer in the tasting room. And see all the different flavors that it has to offer. You can go do all of that. And it it may quench your thirst for that moment. But there, there's going to come a day where you're going to get thirsty again. You're going to come back again and again and again and again. And it will never satisfy you. 
But then you're going to get a hold of that source. You can get it right from the source. And he says in verse 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never, never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Read that again. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. She had tasted all that the world had to offer and now she just got a glimpse of that oasis in the back. And she went back there and verse 15 says, The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. He said, Sir, you can take a drink from the water and it may satisfy you for a moment. It may quench your thirst. But honey, if you drink from this water, if you can tap into the source that is not a fake, it is not an imitator, but it is the real thing. If you could ever get a hold of the real thing, if you could ever get a taste of the real thing, you'll never want anything else again. You'll say, I'm satisfied. My soul is satisfied. No wonder the psalmist said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe me because all you have ever had is this right here, I challenge you tonight, taste and see the difference. Just take a little taste and and tell me that I'm not telling you the truth. Just taste and see that the Lord is good. This world is not looking for something like truth. It is looking for truth. Not sugar-coated truth. It's, It's looking for truth. This world is not looking for something like Jesus. It is find them at their wells. It is looking for someone that can find them at their well. And say, look, I know where you've been. I know what you've done. I know where you're planning to go. But I want to tell you today, go and sin no more. I want to tell you today, go and be changed. And you know what that woman started doing? Come see a man. Come see a man that has told me everything I've ever done. Come see a man that is the fountain. Come see a man that is the source. In the book of Acts, when Peter is speaking in chapter 2, he said, you know, this this is kind of like what old Joel was talking about. It's It's like this. And. He told he told us that it would be like this and we'd have good church every once in a while. And he said, this is like that, which was spoken, right? He said, this is that. It's not like it, ladies and gentlemen. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Not something similar, not a generic brand, not a fake. This is the real deal. Amen. Is there anybody that wants to tap into that source tonight? 
I open these altars up if you want a refreshing, if you want to come and taste and see that the Lord is good, if you want to spend a little bit of time in His presence and say, God, I am thirsty. God, I want to drink from that well. God, I've never experienced what the preacher's talking about tonight. God, but I've tried everything that there is to try. God, the world no has nothing to offer me. God, I don't want something God like, like it. You God, I don't want part of it. God, I want everything. I could God, I want the real deal. God, I want you in every on. part of my life. I can testify tonight There is none like you, Jesus Oh, there is nobody like you, Jesus God, there are dangers out there Of things that try to pretend like they are like this God, but it is a lie from the enemy God, I speak to every person in this place God, that the enemy has tried to deceive. God, that tonight, Lord, that they would taste and see. God, that they would be reminded tonight. God, that this is it. This is where you are and this is where I want to be.